Welcome to Stories of Faith and Hope, the podcast that inspires your faith and gives you reason to hope. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland, and I'm so glad you've chosen to join us today for another episode. We are in part two of this story in the book of Daniel, part three of our series on the life of Daniel, but this is part two of Daniel chapter two. Now, this chapter is so incredible. I mean, we could have spent a lot of episodes on this chapter. We, we're doing it in two, but it's the chapter, if you joined us last week, you remember this, where Daniel is in Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, who's the king, has the stream. He can't remember what it is. He tries to get the wise men to interpret it for him, or well, actually to tell him what his dream was and then interpret it for them. They can't. Daniel ends up coming in and he does it. He actually tells the king what he dreamed. Of course, we didn't get to that yet at the end of our last episode. We ended it where Daniel said, I can't do it, but there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. And he can do it. And and God showed Daniel, showed Nebuchadnezzar, showed us a panorama of history stretching from the empire of Babylon all the way down to the coming of Jesus, the second coming of Jesus that we're still looking forward to. So this chapter in Daniel, this dream that Daniel interprets affects us on a personal level because it extends from his time down to our time. I hope you enjoy as Dr. Henderson and I discuss the second part of this ancient dream. King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream that was very uh, outstanding to him. But when he woke up, he couldn't remember what it was. But he knew he just had to know what that dream was and what it meant. Mm. And uh, so he called all of his wise men and astrologers and everybody together and demanded that they tell him what his dream was and what it meant. (laughs) And, of course, these wise men said that's something that nobody's ever asked a person to have to do. Mm -hmm. Now, if you can tell us that dream, we can tell you what it means. He said, no, I cannot remember what it was, but it was something very dramatic, and I want you to tell me what that dream was uh, was, and what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Well, they couldn't come up with an answer, of course. And so he decreed a decree that all of the wise men and astrologers and those who supposedly were uh, magicians in a way uh, that they should be killed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Somehow or other, Daniel and his uh, three companions uh, had not been called or were not a part of the uh, group that came uh, that Nebuchadnezzar had called together. Mm -hmm. And so when the decree went out, the uh, captain of the uh, guard came to Daniel. He knew Daniel very well Mm -hmm. because he was the one who had given Daniel the special chance Mm. of showing that by following God's healthy diet and exercise program, uh, that he and his companions were 10 times wiser than Mm -hmm. the rest of them. Mm -hmm. And so when he told Daniel uh, 
that this decree was, and that Daniel was part of that, uh, then Daniel had an answer. And that's about where we are. <laughs> yes, yeah, I remember that we had just, the king had asked Daniel, can you give me the, the interpretation, the, um, the, what the dream was? And Daniel had said, no, I can't. can't. But there is a God in heaven who can reveal secrets. And right. he has revealed this thing to you so that you can know the thoughts of your heart. Um, so why don't you read in, in the clear word Bible that you have there, Dr. Henderson, verses 31 through 35. And, and that kind of gives us Daniel. Daniel's telling the king what he dreamed. Okay. In the vision... You saw an enormous statue of a man. The statue glowed with a brilliant light, and as it stood there before you, it was frightening to look at. The head of this statue was made of fine gold. Its chest and arms were made of silver, its waist and hips of bronze, its legs of iron, and its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. And that's what he had seen in his dream. Yeah. Well, but but the dream didn't stop there. The uh, oh, next no. two verses give give kind of because so far, yeah, the 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 image was probably impressive. It was tall, but I don't know that that was really the scary part uh, of the dream. <laughs> the the part that terrified Nebuchadnezzar. So it says, while you were looking at it, you saw a large stone break loose from a mountain without anyone touching it. Come at the statue and strike its feet of iron and clay and smashing them to pieces. And the whole statue then collapsed and the stone rolled over the iron, the bronze, the silver, the gold, turning them into fine dust, like the dust of harvest on a hot summer day. Then a strong wind came along and blew the dust away and not a trace of the metals were left. Next, you saw the stone getting bigger and bigger until it became a mountain that filled the whole earth. Mm. This was what you dreamed, your majesty. So now let me interpret it for the king. So, so you can almost imagine you know, Nebuchadnezzar waking up after that dream yeah. and not remembering anything of what he had seen, but knowing that something terrible had happened. Right. And, uh, and as you... It's kind of interesting because if you think about Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuchadnezzar's culture, um, he worshipped idols and, and images. And so this was almost like a god that had showed up to him, right. um, one of the gods that he would have worshipped. And then suddenly this stone comes out of nowhere and destroys his god right. and, and crushes it and then becomes you know this big mountain. And so it really was kind of God showing Nebuchadnezzar in, in a subliminal way, um, you know, his, his power over his gods. Um, but of course, the dream had more of a meaning than that. But that was, that was kind of just the impression that probably Nebuchadnezzar got from the dream. Right. Yeah. So then Daniel goes on and explains what each part of this image represented. And what, what did the, the head of gold represent? Daniel's interpretation to the king is, You are seen as a king of kings. The God of heaven has given you the kingdom of Babylon, the power to rule, a mighty army, and great honor and respect among the nations. He has given you control over different people, including animals and birds. You and your kingdom 
are represented by that head of gold. Wow, so... Oh, boy, that sounds good. So I'm that head of gold. <laughs> exactly, which gold was the most, most valuable metal on the image. Um, and, and, was, and gold was kind of a fitting representation of Babylon, especially as you look back in the archaeological finds of, right. of Babylon. You see a lot of gold used. Um, and, and, and just the splendor and the glory and the majesty that Babylon had, um, there was nothing else like it in the world. Right. It would have been interesting to have actually seen uh, Babylon at that time. Uh, must have been really something spectacular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just to see even the hanging gardens of Babylon. Yes, you know, one of, I was thinking too, all those hanging gardens and things. Yeah. Yeah. And and Nebuchadnezzar in his mind, that's all he could see. You know, he was he was building this empire. And um I may have mentioned previously my wife and I were in um Europe for a honeymoon a year ago. And in the British Museum there in London you can actually see these these bricks that are stamped with Nebuchadnezzar's name, you know, and there are thousands of them. Yeah. Um he was very proud of what he had done. And this glorious kingdom that that he had built, that that's you know he was obviously hoping it would last forever. But in this dream, something the, the next part of the image, the breast and arms were of a different metal. Right. They were they were made out of silver, and in, in signifying that there was going to be another kingdom that followed Babylon. Right. And, and what 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 did that represent? Verse thirty nine. But after a time, another kingdom will arise and replace yours. It will be inferior to yours in glory and morality, just as silver is inferior to gold. This kingdom will eventually be replaced by a third kingdom, represented by the bronze, and it will be still more inferior in glory and morality, even though it will rule a larger part of the world. So here we have two more kingdoms then. Right. Following Babylon, we have the the breast and arms of silver, and represented by the Medo-Persian Empire. As we look at history, as well as later on in the Book of Daniel, it talks about that. Right. Um, and it's a fitting representation with the two arms, you know, being a a joined kingdom with the Media and and Persia, and Persia. joined together. Um, and and again, they weren't as glorious as Babylon was. And then they were followed by the third kingdom of bronze which ended up being Greece, Greece. Yeah, led by Alexander the Great. And, and as, as it said, you know, it did, he did rule a wider domain than yes. Babylon or Medo-Persia. He was conquering, and I mean, he had, in a whirlwind, he had conquered the world by the age of 30. Right. He had, he had conquered what, at that time, was unknown worlds. <laughs> yes, yes. And, he, and there's a story told of him, um, actually climbing to the top of a mountain after he had conquered everywhere that he knew to conquer and crying because he had conquered the world and there was nothing else nothing to conquer. Else to conquer. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and, but, but even his empire didn't last. I mean, he died from a, an overdose at the age of 30 yeah. and his kingdom ended up being divided between his four generals and it kind of really fell apart and was... Um, was perfect for a takeover from a fourth kingdom. Yes. Which, wh which one was that? The fourth kingdom will be as strong as iron, 
as iron can crush all other metals, it will crush everything that stands in its way. But it will be even more inferior in glory and morality. So this one is is really fitting as well, because who conquered Greece? Right. It would have been the King Roman. Rome. Yeah, the Roman army. And they were actually the first empire to use iron. Iron in the armor, iron in their weapons. And so iron was a very fitting representation of, of them as a kingdom. Right. Um, and they lasted a long time. Uh, you know, just as the, the legs right. of iron were very long. And they, they ruled with an iron fist. Yes, yes, <laughs> definitely. A, a, lot of, a lot of ways that iron fits into this part of history. And they weren't conquered. They, there was nobody that, that, there was no next world empire. Right. Instead, what happened to the Roman Empire? The feet and toes yes. of the image were made up of iron and clay. And you have ten toes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which was representative of what happened to the Roman Empire. Yeah, yeah. So it ended up kind of breaking apart from the inside. Right. Right. You had these, these tribes, these, um, these bandits. They would come in and they kind of really destroyed it and turned it into ten separate kingdoms. Uh, kingdoms, and, right. And... Uh, and they were kind of the predecessors to modern Europe today. Three of them were um, were wiped out to extinction, but the other seven of those ten kingdoms are have turned into modern modern, modern Europe countries. Right. And and they are, will not cleave together. The Bible says. Right. They won't. The just as iron and and um, clay can't become one thing. Neither can modern Europe, and they've been trying. Um, Hitler tried, Napoleon tried, so many, so many different people tried, and it's failed every time. Um, because there's only one more kingdom, kingdom. that's going right. to come, and we have about a minute left. So let's uh, let's go over what the what this uh, final final kingdom is. A lot of people thought that the EU was going to be the thing that would bind them all together. But mm-hmm. it's falling apart yes. too. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. And, and Brexit now, you right. know, Great Britain's pulled out. Right. And, yeah. There in verse 44 kind of gives us the climax of the interpretation of this. Right. But then all the kingdoms of the world were trying to hold things together. The UN? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. That's when the God of heaven will set up his kingdom. He will destroy all the kingdoms of the world, but God's kingdom will never be conquered or destroyed. It will stand forever. Mm, wow. And that's the kingdom that's coming very soon. We're down right. in the toenails of this image. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I just don't see the way things are going right now in this world, that God can let it go on a whole lot longer. No, you know? no, no, it can't. It can't. It's like what happened before the flood. It got to the point that God said, I can't let it go on any longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's definitely getting to that point again today. Yeah. Um, and and back to our, our hero, Daniel. Um, after he finished this, Nebuchadnezzar ended up you know, bowing down in front of him, praising the God of heaven, saying, right. your God is really a God of gods. And he promoted Daniel and, uh, and ended up making Daniel the prime minister of Babylon at this point. And, and Daniel petitioned and got his three friends promoted as well. And, uh, and we'd like to say they lived happily ever after, but, but we know that <laughs> there's more to the story. 
But but really, just the amount of faith and trust and and hope that Daniel had here in the story, and and complete faith in God, and how God worked through him to really give Nebuchadnezzar a message, but also us as we look at this vast panorama of what has happened in history and what we have to look forward to very soon. So, it's exciting. Yes, it is. Like I've said before, the life of Daniel inspires me so much. You know, just in this story alone, the amount of faith that Daniel had and the opportunity he had to glorify himself in in all of this in front of Nebuchadnezzar, in front of you know his his friends, and yet he chose not to. He gave all the honor and glory to God. And that it just inspires me so much. And God was faithful and honored Daniel. And today, as we look back on that chapter, it gives us so much confidence in God and in the accuracy of the Bible. And it's just so exciting to see how God works. And I'm just so thankful that Daniel was faithful and that he was willing to allow God to use him there in the palace of a foreign king. Well, I'm really excited about our episode next week. I had the chance recently to speak with an intriguing group of people. Um, I spoke with the team of our church's Pathfinder Bible Experience. Now, if you're not familiar with that, it's basically a team of kids that memorize scripture and they go to these competitions, you know, regionally and then finally going up to nationals, etc. And they are asked questions. And these aren't just, you know, simple questions. These are deep, difficult questions about these passages. And they have a competition and see which team can answer the most accurately. And so I was able to get the team, the local team here, into the studio, and I had a conversation with them as well as their team leader, Kelly Alvarez. So I am really excited to share that interview with you next week. But in the meantime, here's a little sample from next week's interview with the Pathfinder Bible Experience team. For sure, I know through experience that God will bring up those verses when you need them or when somebody else needs them. He will bring them to your mind. Mm. There have been um, individuals at church that have memorized chapters in the past, and they've said that they still remember parts of it now. Mm -hmm. Uh, God can bring that up. He promises he he will. Mm -hmm. He'll bring that up, and um, it just brings so much comfort to know his thoughts many times, especially instead of our own. You'll hear all about how Pathfinder Bible Experience works next week as well as get to hear from each of the team members and their leader, Kelly Alvarez, right here on Stories of Faith and Hope. You can find us online at faithandhoperadio.com, on Facebook at Faith and Hope Radio, and you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you do that so you never miss another episode. Give us a five-star rating, leave us a good review. All of those help. Music is provided by Dexter Britton, and I will see you next week. In the meantime, have faith and hope.